You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. If you're interested, if you already flow in the prophetic or you're interested in are you interested in growing or interested in just learning more about the prophetic? Over the next eight weeks on Wednesday nights, that's what we're going to press into. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to teach, be short teachings on the prophetic. Obviously, you'll be able to get the teaching portion online. Uh, last Wednesday, I started it out. Um, it took me about 20 or 30 minutes to start teaching because um, God came, and every time I tried, to, every, the harder I tried, um, the more I got wrecked and so there wasn't I, I tried real hard to be serious I gave up my best shot and then I finally just prayed for about 20 minutes and I think maybe 10 minutes of it was you could understand I don't know what the other was really I went back and listened to him but I was saying something I'm not real sure what it was so with the online part you'll get a an activation just you'll get one activation is our, our plan and so last Wednesday I started that. But if you're here, you'll also get to practice with the people that are here. Now, if you can't come online, you can do it. There's a lot of activations in the prophetic that you can do via text message, phone call, social media, anything like that. You can practice the prophetic in a lot of different ways. It's one of the ways I really grew in the prophetic is I would... I'd lay in bed before I go to sleep at night and would text people prophetic words that I knew were a safe place and that were actually going to give me honest feedback. I'd just text them prophetic encouragement and just be like, hey, and it gets you, it gets you started. So we're going to be doing that over the next eight weeks. I feel like God is saying something um, by us having that class over the next eight weeks at the beginning of the new year, ending the, new, ending the last year and beginning the new year with that is because there's an increase that's happening in the body of Christ of of the pure prophetic, that he's been bringing restoration back to the prophetic and it's continuing to happen. And I felt like there's a real increase that's on the body of Christ for the prophetic. And it is, like John Wimber said, we all get to play. Like we all are prophetic people because we're sons and daughters. It's not only a gifting, it's part of our nature. It's part of who we are. It's part of our inheritance. Like you're prophetic at your very core. The very DNA that you and I have is prophetic because it's the DNA of Jesus, right? The bloodline we come from <laughs> is, is, is from kings and priests and prophets and our ultimate king and ultimate high priest, Jesus. And so we, we, ha- we have all of that, you know what I mean? We're, we're bent towards the prophetic and sometimes we don't know it in a class like we're having will help us discover ways that we've been hearing God that we haven't realized it or different ways that God wants to speak to us. I agree with, with my, a friend of mine that says, I would rather be an amateur in the new thing th- than uh, a novice in the old thing. I, w- I would rather God be stretching me in a new way in the prophetic. And just in worship, he's like, I need you to look at the prophetic differently. I need you to look at prophetic words and not just the way you're used to giving them publicly or to a person one-on-one. I need you to just look at being a prophetic person as just your prophetic in nature all the time, talking in normal conversation. Accidental prophecy is my favorite. 
when you just say, it just comes out of your mouth, and you just, you know, words of knowledge and prophecy, so that was just kind of a, an advertisement for Wednesday, but also what I feel like we're going into. It's one of the things that we have, I believe we've, we've stewarded fairly well here, and it's because we've had spiritual fathers and mothers and mentors who are, are prophetic and have shown us that. You know, it's, it's, the, it's a prophetic culture. And I said it on Wednesday night, if you come here, you, you, if you haven't been here before, you're, you're likely to get a prophetic word or two or three. And if you've been here for very long, you know that somebody's prophesied over you probably numerous times at this point. <laughs> you've become a target for his love if you're around the people that are, are part of this family. And that's the reason. We just love to encourage people. It's amazing. And so let me pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into what I felt like we're going to have for the, uh, felt like Jesus has for us for the new year. And I'll give you some scriptures, and I don't know that I'll read necessarily from the scripture per se, but I will, I'll give you chapters, and you can go back and look at it yourself. But I felt like today is just a day to flow in what he has. And, and so, Father, thanks so much for, for this this. <laughs> amazing opportunity. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you come as the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of the Father? And whatever is said today, we, we pray that it would hit each and every person that's here, that's watching in, in exactly the way that it's supposed to, that there would be such empowerment today that we would be intoxicated on encouragement before we leave this place, that we would feel more empowered than we ever have before to move forward into the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, thanks so much. <laughs> so I, I felt like that there's a declaration that is fitting for the beginning of this year, and this is the de- a declaration that I've been making. I've got 25 declarations that I'm making in this season. I've had all kinds, and sometimes I'll, I'll add some others in there. And if you listen to Nikki not real long ago, she made a very important statement is that declarations aren't just me saying something out loud, it's me actually believing what I'm saying out loud. (laughs) Like it's great that we're saying them out loud and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and it's important for the transformation of my mind, but I need to actually come into agreement with that and believe that that's true for me. And sometimes I say it till I believe it, right? Right? Sometimes I, I got to tell my soul, right, to sing, like the, the song says. But there's, there's times when I've got to tell my soul, my mind, that this is, this is truth, and I'm a, you're going to keep on hearing it until you just get it. You don't, it doesn't matter whether you, you can like it or not like it. We're going to believe this. <laughs> we're going to believe this is truth for my life, and, I'm a, and we're going to keep on saying it over you. You know, me and the Spirit of God are going to keep on saying it over my soul, over my, you know, the realm where my mind and my emotions and my will are, until all those come into divine alignment with the truth that God is working on me with. And so these 25 declarations that I'm making in this season are truths that God's working on me with. Now, I was told to save five a day or whatever. I sometimes can be an overachiever. And I just want to, I'm just like, five's not enough. I'm going to say all 25 of them every day because I'd just rather say them all, you know. And, and then there's that one that stops you. 
and, and the rest of them are declarations, they're good, and there's that one in the moment that is like, this is for me today. God wants me to focus on this, meditate on it. How do I come into agreement with it by faith? How do I believe it? How do I actually believe it? Is that I start to, I start to think about it constantly. And the one I'm thinking about right now is, my forward movement in life causes Red Seas to part. <laughs> My forward movement in life causes Red Seas to part. So let me paint a picture for you. The children of Israel are, are leaving Egypt after 400 years of bondage. In Exodus 14, at the beginning of the chapter, I love the King James Version in, in verse 2 because it, God is speaking to Moses and he says to Moses, he says, Pharaoh will think that the wilderness, they are entangled by the land and the wilderness has shut them in. 2020 was a, a year where I felt like, like I, I started this day off with at the beginning of service, that 2020 was a, a year where it was, it is an easy prophetic word for people to give. There's going to be greater vision, you know, 2020 vision. I'm like, you know. I agree with all that. I just felt like it was kind of a gimme. You know, not, <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't prophetic. I believe that it was prophetic. I just believe that God was, was, was turning the tables on us, so to speak, and saying, yes, you will see greater this year. You'll see, you'll see things that you didn't want to see. Because in this year, the church was really, truly tested in our nation like it hadn't been in a, and since I've been on the planet that I'm aware of. I know I got tested during the Great Depression. There are other things that happened, uh, you know, in the, in the 1900s that tested the church. But in the 2000s, this was the greatest test for the church. And we saw things that we didn't like. We responded in ways that I, I honestly at first was a little bit ashamed of. I, I took care of it. Don't worry, you ain't got to sozo me. I, I just, I, I, I thought to myself, we responded to a virus in a way that it was not kingdom, right? And we let fear infiltrate into the church and dictate what we did, right? I'm not talking about submitting to governing authorities. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have done any of that. I believe that that made, that made sense. That was practical. That was, you know, I believe all that. But our response was... In such a way that if the church overseas and persecuted nations would have responded that way, they'd no longer exist. And, and so that, that was part of the 2020 vision for me is I actually saw some things that I taught that I thought I believed a little bit deeper than I actually did. And that was good for me. I love the, if you've heard me talk about the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I love the conviction of the Holy Spirit because what happens when I'm convicted is that, that Jesus is holding out his hand and he's inviting me in or you into a place that he paid for us to be in through grace. He's like, come on, that, that, that's okay. You know what? He's not, he doesn't look at me any differently. He's still got love in his eyes and mercy on his mind. But he is inviting me into a place that I was created to live in by his grace. And so that, those things, can, you know, we, each one of us, I believe, were tested in ways in, in, in personal life, not just in ministry, I was tested in ways that, that showed me some things that were coming to the surface, right? And you could even call them things that, that seemed to be uh, in, entanglement. As God said that Pharaoh would think the children of Israel were entangled in the land, that the wilderness had shut them in. Sometimes, 
It, it feels like that we can, take three, we can take two steps forward and then three steps back, right? I've found out that sometimes we believe things that are like entanglement, and they cause us to not be able to move forward at the rate that we were created to because of simply something we believe. It's not some great big demonic force that's, that's opposing us or anything that, that's trying to block us, but it's actually something in our thinking. And so I believe that those, a lot of those things were highlighted. A lot, of, a lot of places that we've, in our personal lives, at least mine, fear came up in some places, right? You're like, I thought I was past that fear. I thought that that wasn't a part of, of who I was anymore, a part of my thinking. And I found out that it, it, I had grown, but I hadn't grown as much as I thought I was. And so I celebrate the growth that I have made, and I also recognize where I need some, a little bit of work, a little bit more tr a mind transformation. Not behavioral-focused, but, but actually changing my thinking so that my behavior, my response when something else comes that has the potential of causing fear, whether it's the lack of finances and the economy goes sideways and the church, you know, you're like, okay, this is where my income comes from. And then, then there's the potential of being afraid. That that would not, that I, a lot of that had been worked out of me, but there was still a little bit left. And so when we're squeezed again, because we will be, in some way, shape, or form, it's guaranteed if life will do anything, it will squeeze us, right? There will be pressure. There will be stress. I'm not declaring bad things over your life. I'm just, I can't guarantee you what will happen this year in our nation. I can't guarantee you what will happen in the natural. I can guarantee you that the kingdom will advance this year in our nation. I can guarantee you that there's going to be more people saved than we've ever seen before. I believe, I'm convinced that I heard that. that the, it, the increase is upon us as the body of Christ in, in our nation that we're going to begin to see a revival in the hearts of people that's going to result in a lot of drastic cultural change in the ways that we've been praying for. And so... There could be any number of things that come at us personally or come at us as the body of Christ. And I look at them all as opportunity. If I did what I was supposed to in last season, I'll be prepared for what God has for me in this season, regardless of what may be thrown at me. Whether it's from life or it's from the enemy, I'm going to be properly prepared. And I feel like the entanglement of the things that have been pulling us backwards, that this year is the year that they end. And so, and so the children of Israel have left, they've left Egypt and they have plundered, in biblical terms, that they've got, they've plundered their goods. You know what, they've got, they've got all kinds of stuff. They've got gold bracelets to their elbow, you know what I mean, necklaces, Gucci bags, Armani suits, I'm trying to just make it in your terms. You know how they got new, I got the most expensive Air Max you could have. That you know, they've got all the stuff, right? And, the, and they're, they're headed towards the Red Sea, and they get between two mountains, and the Red Sea's in front of them, and then Pharaoh and his army are coming behind them. And what happens to the children of Israel in this moment? They begin to lose their mind and, and tell Moses, 
what, were there no graves back in Egypt? You couldn't have buried me. Right? You couldn't have let us die back there. We had it better when we were, when we were back there. And, and so Moses responds to them and tells them something that would have been my response in this situation. Right? Prayer. Don't worry. God's got this. I'm, you know, I'm, basically, he, he's the go-between. He's, go he's the man that talks, talks to God face-to-face. -face. And Moses, it appears as if, when you get down around verse 14 or 15, it appears as if Moses is getting ready to talk to God. And, and God says this, Why are you going to cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And from this, I gather that there's a time to pray and there's a time to move. I'm not saying you can't pray while you move. But I, I remember being an onlooker of a, getting ready to be a, a fist fight between two men and one of them I really didn't want to get in the way of. And uh, you never want to get in between two guys when one of them's named Bulldog, right? You're know, like, I'm just going to pass on breaking this up and... Hopefully nobody gets pummeled too, too terribly bad, you know. Maybe somebody else will break it up. And I was a, a fairly new Christian, months old in the Lord. And I did what Moses was getting ready to do. I thought, I'll just start praying, you know. And, and almost immediately, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, do something about it. I'm like, okay, so... I was able to intervene and, and, and do something about it that probably saved somebody from a, a, a beating that day, right? That's always a good thing. But I learned a valuable lesson that, that there are times to pray and there are times when you need to act on the prayers that you've already prayed. There's a time when, when I'm not going to continue to intercede over this situation is that I'm actually going to begin to take steps of faith and move forward towards the promise that God has told me about. And the children of Israel have this opportunity right here. They've got all the stuff, right? We've, we've, we've got access to everything we could possibly want and things that we don't want in our nation. Right? They, they had everything that they could possibly need in that moment. But they needed more than the stuff. They needed their minds to be transformed so that they could actually see that there was a way not out of the situation, but through the situation that was going to prove who God actually is to the Egyptians. And that's what God said. He said, Moses, you stretch out your staff over, this, over the Red Sea. I mean, come on, just think. If you're standing in front of the Red Sea and, and God tells you, hey, take that staff and I want you to just hold it out over the water and then the waters are going to part. I'd have had a few questions, right? Like, I don't, I, how's this, like is this going to happen fast enough for one? If you can do it, are we still going to have to wade over, right? I'm a, <laughs> what, what, how's this going to go down, God? I don't feel real comfortable about going through, you know what I mean? I know you may not have any questions, but I sometimes, occasionally, will ask God when something seems beyond my understanding of supernatural. Moses doesn't seem to ask any questions. I don't know if he did or not. But he responds in faith. And that day, the children of Israel cross over the Red Sea. 
and they're able to cross over on dry ground. And not only did they cross over, but that we see the children. This paints a picture for us. It speaks to us prophetically is, is that the Egyptian army was killed within the Red Sea. Is that the Red Sea that we're crossing over this year in our beliefs, those things aren't coming back to us. It's time for the, for, it's time for the door to be closed. It's time for that chapter of life to be over. It's time for us to go on into the things that God has for us. It's time for us to literally move forward on the prayers that people have prayed for decades and decades and decades. See, sometimes I can be short-sighted in thinking that I am just responding to the things that God is doing right now currently in my lifetime. And I can forget of the saints that have went on before us, that have been praying prayers for hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years since the church has existed so that we would begin to walk in all Jesus paid for. When you, come on, when you begin, I don't know about you, but that empowers me when I think that we're riding on the grace and the prayers of saints that have seen things that we can only dream about and that we will see and greater. But they, they spent, the, and, and many of them, it cost them their lives. You know, I, was, I had this thought not long ago is that the blood of the martyrs runs deep. Oh, it literally, it does, quite literally. The blood of the martyrs runs deep. And, and it, it, was, it, was for, it was for this moment and other moments that are yet to come. It was for us to be able to step into the things that God has, has created us for. And so I feel like that there's another key that I can give you in, in the next few moments that will help us to move forward in the things that God has for us in 2021. Because I feel like that it literally is a year where we just, we begin to, I'm not saying don't pray. I'm, uh, that's not, don't hear that. I'm, I'm saying pray when given the grace to, but, but while we're doing it, we're, it's a year to take action, right? It, we weren't created to retreat or be on the defense as Christians. We were created to constantly advance. You say, well, I got a shield. You know what? Shields can be used as weapons, <clears throat> if you've ever seen one, I'm not saying don't you, you don't use it to guard yourself from the f fiery attack of the enemy or the thoughts that you know he tries to bombard you with, even though the helmet of salvation is for that. But I am saying that we were created to only advance. Some would say that are familiar with war that if you're not advancing, you're, you're what? You're retreating, right? And so we were created to only move forward. I didn't say at what pace. I'm just saying we were only created to move forward. Even if it's, a, it's one step at a time, you and I have the grace to move forward into what God has for us in this current year. I, I know it's, it's easy to say, well, 2020 was just a few days ago, and how could the door close on things that only, only happen? You know, like, I realized the only thing that changed was the calendar for some people, right? Like... New Year, New Year's resolutions, many of which will be broken, right? I used to hold off to going to the gym the first 30 days of, of the new year because I knew it was going to be jam-packed. I get in there 30 days later, it'd thin out a little bit. But I've found out that some resolutions actually are kept, and the ones that are kept are the ones that are kept for 21 days or longer, 
right? When you've got somebody that can encourage you and empower you and be in it with you. Doing it alone, I don't suggest. Doing it with somebody, I do. And so I, I, can, I can say for some people, it seems like the calendar is the only thing that changed. But I believe that the door is literally being shut on some things this year for us to step into something new. And it's going to appear like there's Red Sea moments for each one of us. And one of the keys to us moving forward, I believe, is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit for almost seven years here. <clears throat> I've taught on it longer, longer than that. But I've taught on it for the, almost the last seven. And I have always put praying in the Spirit at the, at the end of the line of things that you received. Of, of most important. I've done it for this reason. I've, I've done it because I saw in my own life and in others, nobody here, I saw in other, in other people that were Pentecostals that they produced a lot of fruit inside the building. I produced a lot of fruit inside the building. I'll just leave them out of it. I'll take me as an example. I produced a lot of fruit in church meetings, but my life didn't produce much fruit outside of it. <laughs> And so when I've taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit ever since, God brought that to my attention. I've always taught on, the, and I'll continue to teach it this way, is that the, the biggest evidence of me actually being baptized in the Holy Spirit should be love. If I don't start loving more after I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I might have had an experience, but I'm not real sure about the rest, right? <clears throat> Maybe I just need my mind renewed in, in what the Holy Spirit baptism is for. Because if we look, the only reference we have are the apostles. And the book of Acts is riddled after the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, is riddled with them being radically generous and loving people well. So that's another thing I talk about, is that when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I should be radically generous. I know generosity ends up being a gift, but it's also a part of every, it's been a part of every Christian's life. Not just don't take this just in the form of money. Don't worry, I'm not taking an offering. It, I, I'm just, I, I want you to know that I should be radically generous in my life, right? I'm willing to give, first, of, first and foremost, I'm willing to give my life to Jesus, like fully. Baptism of the Holy Spirit changed me forever, like changed me forever. It was the experience that marked me and, and brought me into an encounter that ultimately freaked me out but <laughs> it changed me. <laughs> and so I always, we are always going to be a well-balanced place that teaches the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a way that, that gives you the full, full gamut. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit, though it comes with a prayer language that I'll get to in a second that is very important, it is not the evidence. It is one of the evidences. It is not the evidence. That may seem like semantics to you. To others, it's theological. And so it's a very important part, but it's not the whole picture. And we'll always paint the whole picture. Or at least do the best that I can. <laughs> and so the baptism of the Holy Spirit has, has been... So let's... Like I said, it's been instrumental in my growth... And, and like Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 14, I pray in tongues. I, I can't say that I pray in tongues more than all of you, but I'd say I pray in tongues all, all the time. 
like constantly. And I'll give you scripture to back up why it's important to pray, to pray in the Spirit. It's also important to pray in my understanding. But first of all, let me give you a couple of scriptures that um, in Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That's Jesus speaking to the disciples, commanding them something similar that we see in Acts chapter 1. He says, wait. He tells them to wait. Some translations use the word tarry. Not very familiar to most of us. But it means to wait. And he commands them to wait on the promise of the Father until you're clothed with power from on high. So the Holy Spirit, baptism, means that the Holy Spirit, you can say that I put him on. I like to say that he puts me on. But he, he literally comes on to us and, and, and we see, we begin to experience the same thing that Jesus experienced at, in Matthew chapter 3 or at his baptism. The Holy Spirit did what? Came upon Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, I look for what the Holy Spirit did throughout his life. And I look at the timeline of his life that we get to see in the scriptures. And when I look at that, I can say, Holy Spirit did that when he was upon him. I'm looking for Holy Spirit to do that while he's upon me. Because this has been something that has, I, I don't know, it didn't, it's not sat well with me. And you may disagree or, or agree, that's okay. But I, I do want to mention this. As I talk about the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I feel like there's a picture that's painted between Elijah and Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2. Is that uh, Elijah leaves his mantle behind. And you guys can go back and read it. Most of you probably know it by heart. But he leaves his mantle behind. And Elisha picks up his mantle. And the first thing that, that he does after he actually grieves for his spiritual father is he goes and he wraps this thing up and smacks, you know, uh, uh, smacks the Jordan, I believe. And, and he, sa he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Right? He didn't have the intimate connection with God that he did later on. But he's looking for evidence because he saw what was on Elijah's life. And now he's taken his mantle. It's the reason he had been following him. He's like, I want that because I want to walk in. I want a double portion of what you've got. And so immediately when he gets the mantle, he tries it out, right? And we should do the same thing with the Holy Spirit, right? I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, try it out. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm always going to see what I hope for, but I've got grace to continue on and continue to go back to the Scriptures and allow the Scripture to be what I, I base, my life off of, base my life off of and not my experience, right? And so... Elisha gets this mantle, and he puts it on, and he walks in what appears to be a double portion of what Elijah had. I believe that that is symbolic or a type and shadow of New Covenant times, and that mantle is the Holy Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit is upon us, that we begin to walk in more than what we ever could have without Him upon us. The reason I brought this up is because it would be easy to think that in our, in our culture, in our stream, there's a lot of mantles that people want from other people in their missions. There's a mantle that comes upon a person's life for the mission. I believe it's grace. It's grace for what you're called to do specifically, not just in the church, called to business, media, arts, entertainment, 
sports, whatever it is, your sphere of influence in the medical field, you've got grace to be there because that's what you're called to do, right? It's not a mantle just for a mission that may look like preaching the gospel in the way that we often think about it and seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, though that's amazing. It's a mantle for whatever it is that God's created you for. But we often want other people's mantles that seem to be greater people than us that have went on before us. And I know there's a form of it that is honoring to the last generation. And you think, well, I just want that mantle of that person to come upon my life. Think of the greatest evangelist or, uh, I don't know, John G. Lake or, you know, Mariah Woodworth or whoever it is. You just think of, you know, Catherine Coleman or Smith Wigglesworth or all, all, the, all the greats. There's greats on the earth right now that people go up to them and ask them, can I have your mantle? Until the mission's over, you can't have, have the mantle. But I'd challenge you in this. I would caution you not to undervalue the Holy Spirit that's on your life. I don't know why I'd want to walk in what somebody else was created to walk in unless, unless I didn't think very highly of myself and what God called me to. And I lived in that place for years. I'm not saying to think highly of yourself in the way of, of pride, but I am saying realize that God's called you to do great things. Amen. Whatever he called John G. Lake to or, or Catherine Coleman or all of them, guess what? They'd want you to walk in what you were created to walk in, not what they walked in. Because they plowed, they sowed, they watered, and God's still the one that gives increase. And so I believe when the Holy Spirit comes upon any individual Christian, I can learn, I can get impartation from the last generation, but please be free to be yourself and walk in what God created us to walk in. In this generation, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is upon us. I mean, come on. I don't know about you, but I no longer long for mantles that other people carried. Right? I learn from them. I get impartation from the ones that are still still living. <laughs> we won't go into that. I get impartation from the ones that are still living. And I, I want to walk in. I learn, right? I honor the last generation. I learn from them. And then I want to be free to be myself. Because that's what the world needs. The world needs you to be completely free to be you. So I'm, I'm grateful for a room full and people that are online that are free. And so I believe the Holy Spirit mantle is the Holy Spirit baptism. John 20, 22, Jesus breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He sets them up for Pentecost. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon them and it, it empowers every single one of them to influence culture and change the world around them by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're familiar with the scripture. It says, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Right? I can't do this. In my, I've tried to do ministry. Lindsay mentioned Nikki encouraging Nikki and Owen. There's others that have encouraged us uh, radically to help us to continue to go forward in this. When I needed the most encouragement is when I was trying to do this in my own strength. When I needed the most encouragement is when I, I thought that I could, I could bear some of the load, even not even consciously, but that I'd, right, I'd just work hard, 
just continue to grind and because I'm a I'm a worker. If that's if there's a task, I'm I can be task oriented, list oriented. There's a job I want to get it done. I you know. And in the kingdom, rest looks like work. The hard work of rest doesn't mean we don't do anything. It means that when I do things, I do them out of His strength, and not out of my own human strength. I can tell every time I get real tired that I haven't been resting in him well. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a big, it's, it's a big exclamation point at the end of rest for me. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean sleep for me, even though sleeping is important. Get rest, eat well, exercise, do those practical things. But when, when I've tried to do spiritual things in my own strength, sleep will not make that tired go away. <laughs> I've tried. There have been times when I couldn't get out of bed physically because I was so exhausted because I had been drained from operating out of something that I wasn't created to in my own strength. And so Holy Spirit baptism helps with that. He empowers us and teaches us to walk in His power. Isn't that good news? I love what Daniel Kalinda says is that miracles are the easiest part of my job because I don't do them. <laughs> right? I used to try real hard to get people healed. I'm like, uh, you know, you're like, eh, pray hard, pray long. <laughs> and I'm not saying don't pray long. I'm not saying don't pray hard. But I'm saying that it won't be by the power of your prayer <laughs> or the power of my prayer or, the or my own strength that makes miracles happen. Faith is a muscle. And it, get, it, gets, it gets worked when I come into agreement with what he already wants to do. And I just believe that he's that good. He wants to do miracles more than I want him to. And it makes this whole thing a whole lot more fun. Because a lot of years I didn't have a lot of fun. <laughs> now, we're, now, we're, now we're having fun. I'm not saying every moment is, but there's a whole lot more moments than they used to. So here, let, let me wrap up with a few scriptures. And then I want to pray. I want to pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit for everybody. This is, some doctrines say, I want to give you some theology. Some doctrines say you just get filled once. And, and you just go on throughout your life. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Um, but I, I would say that I'll go with Acts 13, 52 that says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That's in the NASB. It's not in some paraphrase translation. Uh, it's, it's one of the most accurate translations you can get. They were continually filled with joy. Why? <laughs> because they need strength. <laughs> so we should be continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm, I'm praying for Holy Spirit baptism all the time for myself. Every, every day I want to have an encounter with God. Why do I want a day to go by where I didn't encounter Him? I don't, I don't ever want that to happen again. right? I remember uh, 2019, the beginning of the year, <clears throat> God said, you're going to have 40 days of encounters. He held to his word. I sat in my recliner, <laughs> the recliner that some people got. I, I can't imagine what's happening now when they sit in it. But I'd sit in my, I'd sit in my encounter chair. I'd sit in my recliner and, and with my coffee in the morning and just get obliterated by God's love. I didn't have to try. It actually set a precedent in my life that God wanted me to encounter him on a daily basis more than I wanted him to. That 40 days of broke my mindset of I had to try hard and encounter God is that he actually wants to meet me in the moments 
when Jesus said a couple weeks to, uh, ago to me over here, right over here to my left, he said, I, when I was giving my undivided attention worship, he said, I long for these moments with you. You know, he just said it smiling, not condemning or like, you know, why don't you do this more often? You can hear things, and depending on the filter, you can hear things in different ways. But I know he's just like, I long for these moments with you. I just value them so much. And so I learned to encounter him every day. And part of us moving forward in this year, I believe, is if you don't have a prayer language, we can remedy that rather quickly. Because though there are things I believe that, are, that love is preeminent, more important, I, I stress it enough, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I just, I always, that's, that's it, right? Love. It's the beginning and end, it's everything in between. But there are things that go in that help us to actually love well, and praying in the Holy Spirit's one of them. You can say prayer language isn't for me. I would disagree with you, and I could give you theological points that would hopefully help you, not try to convince you, but help you so that this is, this is something that becomes a normal part of your life. <clears throat> In Jude 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Right? I like the Passion Translation kind of expounds on this. It says, But you, my delightful, loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Now, we can talk about this another time, but you can get a breakthrough where you're constantly praying in the Holy Spirit. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We learned it from David Wagner. I'm grateful that I've, I've got the breakthrough, and it's constant. Every moment of every day, he's praying through me. I don't have to try. Now, there's times when I pray out loud. Or under my breath, or, you know. <laughs> well, I don't have time to open this can of worms, even though I know I cracked it a little bit. <laughs> but we'll teach on it again sometime. I learned a couple years ago, but it's a constant. You can constantly pray in the Holy Spirit. So when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, who's been, who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Most of us in this room, I look around, I know most of you. There's, a, there's oftentimes right there in that moment that a prayer language will come with that. Now, sometimes it'll come a couple days later. Sometimes it'll come a week later. Sometimes people didn't get a breakthrough immediately. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. There are people that never got a prayer language, and I'm convinced were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham's one of them. Right? I don't ever heard anything about him praying in tongues, but he sure looked like he walked in the baptism of the Holy Spirit to me. Right? It's another thing we're going to see this year, speaking of evangelism, is I believe there's, a double, there's an increased double amount of anointing for evangelism. Um, for our nation this year. So, so there's a prayer language that, that when you first get it, it sounds, uh, you could talk yourself out of it. Would you agree? You could think, that's gibberish, I'm crazy. And then, then the devil can come and lie to you and say, that really ain't it. This ain't for you. You are crazy. Uh, <laughs> which would have felt familiar to me at that time when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit because I wasn't very, months, very many months past being crazy right? I was like, I was just crazy. Like we were, well, I lived in crazy. We, we were best friends, right? That's what some people say. Well, I'm just a little crazy. And I say, no, I know crazy. You ain't, you ain't it. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with crazy. You're, you're not there. Be grateful. And, and so all those things begin to be true to me. But thankfully I had, I had, which is my mom-in-law now and, and, 
and father-in-law, which is hanging out with Jesus, probably looking over the banister of heaven, uh, celebrating moments like these, I'm sure of it. Um, but they taught me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and got this little book in my hands uh, that's Why Tongues. And it's by Kenneth Hagin Sr. Why Tongues, it's a little short book. It was powerful. It changed my life. And so every morning I would wake up very early and I would sit and I would, I would pray in the Spirit. And I would pray in what some of you call tongues. Jude 20 says that it is for my edification. It is to build me up. We won't get into the gift of tongues and interpretation that's in 1 Corinthians 12. This is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about your prayer language that builds you up constantly. If we're going to move forward in this year, we need to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis carving out time where I'm going to pray in the Spirit intentionally. I'm going to take this time, whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour or whatever you can carve out, you and Jesus, you guys figure it out, and you get alone, whether it's in your car, you've got to drive around, whatever you got to do, and I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'll let you in on a little secret that almost, I'd say 99.9% .9 of my warfare, you want to in on the, the, the way I do warfare, it's all in, in, in the Spirit. It's all in tongues. I, I hardly ever mess around with even play, praying in English when it comes to warfare anymore. It's just the way God led me to do. I, th I think it's because I, I probably messed it up a bunch of times just praying things that sound real spiritual. And they really weren't. <laughs> Maybe you do better in English. I don't know. I, I don't think I was doing very well. <laughs> just binding stuff and, you know, <laughs> casting stuff down. I never see any proof of it. But it was, you know, I was trying. I had, good, I had a good intentions, Right? And I think God was saying, here, let me, let me show you a better way. And now I'm seeing breakthrough in praying in the Spirit when it comes to, to warfare. And that's, that's another, another time. So <clears throat> let's just go ahead and pray. Let me give you one more, one more key to add, add to this. A handful of years ago when I was, I was uh, having an encounter, it just happened to be somebody else that was present, one of my buddies at that time. We had this crazy encounter with God, and I was laying on the floor, and I was, I was praying in the Spirit, and I got this revelation. It just came out of my mouth, one of those accidental prophecies, and he said, every syllable is your love language to God. So every, he gave me further revelation on this. Every time I'm, I'm praying in the Spirit, is it's my, my personal, your personal love language to God that is actually drawing me deeper in intimacy. So I, I needed a different perspective, that it wasn't just me praying in tongues, though that was important. I needed to know that there was a greater purpose than edifying myself, and he showed me it, which is always the greatest purpose, and it's intimacy. He says, you're going to get drawn deeper in intimacy when you pray. Keep that on your mind. When you're praying with me, you're drawing deeper in intimacy. We've got this connection, this language that I've only given to you. You're the only one. Kind of like your thumbprint, right? You're the only one that's got it. It's a, it's a personal thing, right? Your prayer language is that same thing. It's like, I know we don't look very Pentecostal to some of you, but it's, it's, we have all the foundational principles. We're just packaging them differently. That's all. And so every, every time I pray, 
It's that. It's that intimate connection. It's, I'm, I'm reminded that, me and, that him and I are connected heart to heart forever. It's a connection I'll never lose. And then the reality of that connection becomes more real to me every time I pray in the Spirit. Is that I'm in love. Not just in love when we talk about I'm in love. I'm in love with my wife. I'm literally inside of love. <laughs> we were praying on January 1st in here, you know, New Year's Day. Jesus, we, were, we always think about that song, I Lock Eyes With You. They were singing. I love that song. It was even better than we had drums with it. I just love drums. <sighs> so, I lock eyes with you, and Jesus and I are face to face. We're right here, you know, forehead to forehead. And he says, Let, he said, this is good. And then he, he flipped the picture, and he showed me inside of him, literally inside, looking through his eyes, and he said, but this is better. I'm like, oh right I can look in your eyes and through your eyes because I'm inside you all at one time it's it's oneness right it's what it's all about and praying in the Holy Spirit brings the reality of my oneness with him to the forefront of my mind and whatever the Red Sea is that's in front of me I'm just going to move forward and it's going to part Right? Doesn't mean it, it may not part immediately. It, it may be slow moving. I'm sure that Red Sea, it took, you know, it wasn't like that. It may have took a few moments for that thing to part. Even though I believe this year we're going to see some things immediately part. And some other things you're like, okay, I'm going to take another step into the Red Sea because it's getting a little shallower here and a little shallower here, a little shallower here until you're able to walk across. But I believe this is one of the keys is praying in the Spirit. It's a practical principle. But it's life-altering when we understand it properly. And if you've been hurt by a Pentecostal church, I, have, I sincerely apologize. Doesn't mean all Pentecostals are bad, right? Sometimes we got, we got good people with bad teaching, right? I've taught some things I wish I could take back for sure. Everybody look back five years ago and you're like, well, I wouldn't teach that again. Not in that way. Right? It's just a different way. We're growing. We're growing. So if you've been hurt, let's get healed, right? Let's get healed and move forward. I'm not going to let something that happened years ago or, or even a year ago or even a month ago hinder my growth in him and stop me from moving forward. Because sometimes those are the things that feel they've got us entangled. It's because I won't let go of the hurt. I won't let God heal me. I still got bitterness, right? I got to let go. It's my choice, and he's there to help. It's beautiful. He loves us. He loves us. He's for us. He's championing, championing us on a daily basis, right? He's celebrating us every single moment of every day. So I'm going to pray for this fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that don't have a prayer language and you need somebody to to like pray with you personally. We're going to have people up here in front where you may just get it in your seat. I'm expecting that you're going to get it in your seat, right? You'll hear this language that comes up in your mind. If you're online, same thing. You'll hear a different language than English that comes up in your mind. Or maybe if you only speak Spanish, well, you're probably not comprehending much of what I'm saying if that's the case. But <laughs> it'll be a different language that comes up in your mind and then I give voice to it. He's not going to force me. He won't force me to give voice to it. And you don't have to make it loud and stand up on your chair and scream. 
Now, I'm, I mean, if that's, you know, you feel led to do that, and well, hey, <laughs> give it a shot, you know? We'll see what happens. But you can say it under your breath in case there's the, still the fear of embarrassment of what somebody, what's somebody going to think about me, and then you'll work through that. So, Father, I thank you right now for a new year, and I thank you with that, a new baptism in the Holy Spirit. Just like the apostles, we want to be continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. We want this to be another moment that marks us. Just seems fitting at the beginning of a new, a new year that we would be marked by you. Excuse me. And we would be marked in a new way. That we get a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit that would empower us all over again to do the things you called us to and created us for. That we would no longer just look at the Red Sea that's standing in front of us or whatever it is that's blocking us that's deemed a Red Sea in this season. But we would begin to move forward. Just walk by faith. We thank you that your baptism and your Holy Spirit close us with the power we need to overcome every situation, to love well every person, to bring cultural transformation in every sphere of influence you've called us to. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to be better husbands and wives, and better parents and better business people and better at whatever we do for for a job it helps us to be better relationally it helps us in every area it's not only for walking in power to see the miraculous we thank you that it's for that but it's for walking in power and love in every area so holy spirit would you come and jesus would you baptize people today online in this room would you baptize them in the holy spirit all over again when you get baptized, if you feel led to just start praying out in tongues, you ain't got to scream, but you can pray out loud in tongues. You're not going to scare anybody here. It's okay. It's all right. There's something that begins to shift in a room sometimes when people just begin to pray in the Spirit. So thank you, Father. We just embrace all that you have for us this day. And I know that if you want to give us more, you're going to do that. I'm asking for this right now, if you would, please. Every person, fresh infilling, fresh baptism. Every person that doesn't have a prayer language, I thank you for them getting breakthrough this day, right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for their prayer language coming forth. For them to be able to have that love language that's between you and them. That's going to draw them deeper in intimacy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in the room right now. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, yes. We say yes to it. We thank you. We just receive right now. Yes, God. Some of you that got a prayer language and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it may come out in different ways. It may come out in joy. Maybe an overwhelming peace that you needed. <laughs> yeah, there may be different things that happen. Just embrace it. <laughs> just embrace it. Thank you, Father. We embrace it all, everything kingdom. We just say yes to it all right now. Thank you for falling afresh upon every person. Shoo, thank you. <laughs> yes, God. Yes, God. Yes. Thank you more, Lord. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. 
Yeah, some of you, I felt like he was just going to hold you under for a few seconds as he baptized you in the Spirit. It's good. It's okay. Don't worry. You can breathe there. It's all right. Just let him, yeah, just let him baptize you and hold you there. Whatever, whatever every person needs, I thank you. You're giving it to them right now. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for more right now in Jesus' name. Whew, thank you for intense intense heat that's actually fire that people are getting right now. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire for this new year. Thank you. Yeah. (sighs) May it only grow, Lord. Yeah, we just release your fire right now in Jesus' name. May it only grow throughout the year as we stoke it. Yeah, as we never let the fire go out, as we be the, as we actually are the, the priests of the altar of our hearts. And we allow the fire to continue to burn brighter and brighter as we feed it. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Bless everything you're doing right now. I say more, God. Yes, more. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. want you to declare this with me. My forward movement in life. Come on, let's try it again. My forward movement in life causes Red Seas to part. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for what you're doing right now in this room. We value you Therefore, we value your presence. We thank you that you're holy, good, that your holiness has made us holy and whole. 
thank you. Thank you. There's no shortage of what heaven wants to do, what heaven has for us. There's no shortage in heaven. We thank you. We want it all this year. Things that we've dreamed about, things that we've heard about. We want it all. We thank you. We thank you that you're transforming our minds so that we can not just have it for a moment, but so we can walk in it every day, just the way you want. In Jesus' name. If you guys want to go ahead and come. Joe sent out a text message. He, he said it, it announcements that if you want a prophetic word, the prayer team up here is, is ready, locked and loaded, ready to prophesy over you for, for the new year. Um, sometimes one of, a lot of people, I, I know I've got a friend that's, really busy customarily at the beginning of the year because everybody wants to get their yearly prophetic word, right? And I'm, Or their beginning of the year prophetic word. Not just that one word. You know, we like more than one. But So if you want to start your year off with encouragement and, and uh, we want to give that to you. So the prayer team was going to go ahead and come and, and then just go to, you know, whoever you feel led to go to. They're all prophetic. And if you did not get your prayer language and you want it I'd love to I'd love to pray with you Lindsay and I will pray with you personally we'd love to that's something we've seen a lot of a lot of happen we've got a lot of evidently grace for that particular thing and I'm, I'm grateful that, that God does that um, yeah thanks Jesus sometimes he just settles down in the room you know and you're like gets a little a little or a lot of holy and you're like I don't really know what to do I don't want to mess up a moment of, of what he's doing so a lot of moments like this are just experiments of seeing what's happening so thanks Jesus for coming in this new year man I know you guys probably got a, a lot of things to, to do at the beginning of the new year so if you got to get out of here I bless you guys man I really believe this for your lives this is going to be the best year yet. I'm not saying it won't be void of challenges, but I believe it's going to be the best year spiritually, the best year mentally and emotionally. If we choose, it'll be our best year physically, right? And, and the best year relationally, best year financially, all those things. Oh, we're just believing those by faith over every one of you, everybody that's online. We believe that by faith over your lives coming into agreement with that we believe that for our own lives like this is going to be the year of the of the greatest the greatest year of kingdom influence in our culture yet i believe that's more than a declaration but i i believe that this is the year the kingdom comes in our nation in ways that people have prayed for that were long before us right since this nation began 
And so thank you, Father, for doing that in our nation and that we get to be a part of it, an active part of it. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.